Welcome to Business Arts and All That Jazz. Now, today's topic is employing staff is tough. Five key motivators for prospective employees. But before I jump into that and I share with you the challenges I've faced employing teachers and how we're getting less, you know, less applicants for roles, both in the office as well and administration and how I'm, you know, overcoming that at the moment and and some key motivators to get people on board and to keep them for longer. Before I jump into all of that fun stuff, I wanted to let you know that the doors to Talent Manager Bootcamp are about to open again. Now, those doors are going to be open on the 13th of September. And I have a wait list and that is josephinelancuba.com forward slash TMB. I'm going to pop that into the show notes as well. So you can jump on that wait list and not miss the announcement of when you can actually register because doors are only open for a very limited time. And I only run this course every few months. Now, if you don't know what Talent Manager Bootcamp is, put simply, it is an eight week course designed to take the studio owner to talent manager by providing, you know, industry insights and the theoretical and practical knowledge you need to create your own in-house talent management service. So you could be, you know, providing your students with work, professional work that is in film, TV, commercial, um, theater on stage, etc. So it's really awesome. It's a great course. Like I said, it only comes out every few months and I only have the doors open for every, you know, for a few days, essentially. So jump on the wait list. That's josephinelanecuba.com forward slash TMB. And again, that is in the show notes, that link. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about employing staff. <laughs> let's do it. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Hey there, it's Josephine Lane-Cuba, your performing arts business strategist and coach. Today, we're going to talk about how challenging it is to employ people right now. Is anyone else feeling that? Is anyone else feeling like it's really hard to find good help? to find good people. Now, I mean, it's always been challenging to hire effectively, no doubt. Um, But since COVID, I reckon it's just, you know, the ante's gone up on how hard it is to find good people to work for your organization. And I'm in a city location, I'm in Sydney. I can only imagine, and from clients that I've spoken to, um, my coaching clients, 
what it's like when you're in a regional town. How hard is it to find a studio, a, you know, a, a teacher rather, a dance teacher or a performing arts teacher or coach or someone to actually take the classes that isn't you? How difficult can it be to find administration um, support? It's really hard. Um, and I want to jump into that. So first of all, I want to talk about why it's happening before I get into the five key motivators that will make it more palatable for people to want to jump into your team um, and for your current staff to stay for longer. There are definite ways you can do this and I'm going to share them. I'm going to share those key motivators and different tactics that I use uh, to get good people on board um, and to keep them for longer. But before I do that, I want to talk about why it's happening. So I did speak to um, a recruiter friend of mine um, a little while ago, and some of the things that are definitely happening is that people are not moving on from their previous roles. So apparently, and, you know, because I know from our recent, um, for example, administration shout out for the role, um, we needed a customer experience manager for that particular role. Um, we got 50% of what we'd normally get in applicants. And again, like I said, I'm in Sydney. I ended up having to hire remotely. I ended up hiring a lovely lady in Queensland. Um, but the point being is that I could not find someone in Sydney to be part of our administration team. Does that sound a little bit ludicrous to you? <laughs> it's crazy, right? So anyway, I'll get into that in a sec. But why it's happening. Number one, people are not moving on from their previous roles because they're fearful of not having um, stability if they move on. There's inflation, all of these other fears that pop up with that. You know, it's a risk to jump ship and move to another company at the moment. So a lot of people are staying put. A lot of people are staying put. Um, and that is the fear flow on effect from COVID. And fair enough, you can kind of understand that, right? So when that happens, it creates a market where there are more jobs than people willing to take the jobs. So now you've got more jobs on the market it's really an employee's market, not an employer's market, right? Um, so they can afford to be more selective, yeah? So that was my second point, that there really is so much out there for them that it's actually um, a bit of a smorgasbord, essentially, which is great for the employee, <laughs> but not so great for us, right? Um, it makes it it makes it really, really hard. It makes it hard. Um and so when people are more selective, they start to look at other areas, which was my third point of why it's happening, and that is lifestyle. So people can be more selective. They can ask for more money, and we know this to be true, not only, and I mentioned this actually in my last episode about inflation and the prices going up and how we're paying, you know, an extra, say, 5% on staff wages or whatever it was that that recently um, happened here in Australia, Um and of course, the increases in superannuation, if you're living overseas, I'm sure if you're not in Australia, that is, I'm sure you would have the same sort of impacts and people expecting more money for the same job, which, you know, it makes sense because the cost of living has gone up. So they're asking for more money as an employer. 
it's difficult as a business owner. It's difficult because we're just in recovery mode and now we're having to dish out more funds. But this is what the market is saying. People are asking for more money, but they're also, and it's not just about money, guys. This is what I really want to um, really hone in on today is that it's not just about money. People are being more selective because they want lifestyle. Um, so, you know, they are interviewing us as much as we are interviewing them. And that's the change that we're seeing in this job market. And the sooner you wake up to that, the sooner you realize that you are not just interviewing them, that they don't need to be grateful for the opportunity to work for you, (laughs) that you are actually also grateful for getting them you actually need to sell it a little bit now in your interview more so than what you ever have before. You need to sell the position because they've probably been to 10 interviews by that stage and they may have a reluctancy to jump ship from where they are. So, you know, it's really important that you understand that it is a two-way street now and you better, you better jump on board. Otherwise you're going to miss out on good applicants. So let's go through the five key motivators and I'm going to give some specific um, thoughts around each key motivator and also um, be mindful that I'm not just talking about city locations, that we're also talking about regional towns and places where it is very hard to hire. Okay, so we're going to cover that as well. But firstly, one of the five key motivators within a workplace or to attract new prospective, you know, employees is provide meaningful and challenging work. So this is where in an interview scenario, you need to be really setting the tone of what your core values are, what your belief system is and, and see if it aligns with theirs. Because if they feel that you're providing meaning and that the work has value, Um, then you're going to get a better candidate. You're going to attract the right person. And this is very important. So we talk about in um, in our interview process, you know, we talk about the importance of inclusiveness, believing that every child is a star and what that means to us, our star philosophy, all of that sort of thing. Now, if you do that in your job ads, I think that's a really win win as well. So don't just place a post out on a Facebook group. I see studio owners do this all the time. They just go, hey, we need a teacher. Anyone do jazz? We're in this town. Hey, I need a jazz teacher. Who teaches jazz? And that's the ad. And I'm like, wow, like where's the care factor? Where's the purpose? Where's the meaning? Like I tend to, just like you'd put an advertisement, a paid advertisement, on a seek, like for example, seek.com is a job site. That's an example. We put our administration jobs up on seek. We don't put our teachers jobs on seek, but we write the ad as though they are on a paid website. If you paid $300 for an ad, you wouldn't just go, Hey, looking for a jazz teacher. Um, anyone got one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't do that because there would be more value in there. You'd want to get more bang for your buck. So you'd actually write a proper ad with, you know, description points and um, what the role entails and what you're looking for and the experience you require and all of that sort of thing. So why is it any different if you're posting that in a Facebook group? 
just because it's in a Facebook group doesn't mean there shouldn't be care in it. So just remember that you want to present your brand message and, you know, your purpose um, and the tasks at hand, things that would be attractive. Um, you want to present that in your advertisement. You know, like if you're just looking for a jazz teacher, but you actually do competitions where um, you you get your students up and running for international competitions, then mention that. That's an exciting opportunity and a challenge. So that's the challenge component. Let them know what's cool about the job in the advert. And then in that interview, you want to reiterate that. Okay. So that's the first key motivator, provide meaningful and challenging work. Number two, improve employees' lives. Now, how do you do that? Okay, so I think that you can do that in a few ways. One of them is obviously by paying them in a respectful manner. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that you have to pay someone $70 to $80 an hour. Some people will, and that I'm not saying you can't or you shouldn't or whatever, but, you know, we don't at the Musical Makers Club. We simply don't. Um, if we did that for all of our coaches, it would not, it would be a huge expense for us. Um, and so we need to make sure that we're a profitable business and that we're looking after ourselves. So we don't do that. Um, but that's also the nature of our, of our programming as well. A lot of our classes are 90 minutes to two hours. Um, so, you know, we do have a minimum call out. Uh, we, we pay two hour call out minimum for on site. So we don't just pay for one hour, that sort of thing. But, you know, you want to improve their lives. How do you do that? Well, you create an amazing environment that they're happy to be a part of. Yeah. So you can do that through money. You can do that through experiences. It could be inviting them. So, for example, at the moment, we're booked for Newcastle to go to the Junior Theatre Festival. We invite our team. Um, we've paid for workshops for them to attend. So they get some professional development which is exciting for them. They get to come along and experience that at no charge, company cost, that sort of thing. So they get to, you know, be in a different town, have new experiences, develop and learn. So they are growing their skills as a professional, which on flows to their future career prospects. So that is part of improving employees' lives. Uh, so now we move on to number three. And this is a really good one because I actually experienced the importance of this only a couple of weeks ago. Recognition. So number three, number three on the key motivators um, within your workplace is um, sorry, is recognition. So recognition is super important. Now, before COVID, I used to always, you know, get my team on stage and do all of this stuff at our shows and concerts and productions. Recently, I just forgot that I did that as a thing. I just forgot. I mean, it's been a whirlwind couple of years. And of recent, I haven't really done it. And I actually received a, um, a team member complaint where they were saying what happened to us being invited on stage? Like we want recognition for our work. So acknowledgement, accolades, recognition. 
it can be as simple as that. It can be as simple as them not being invited onto the stage as a thank you at the end of the show and being recognised and having that round of applause from a live audience makes them feel devalued. As soon as I was told this by one of my staff members, I spoke to another staff member, they they agreed that that was a, something that they felt was a bit, you know, wasn't great. And I said, oh, okay, all right, well, I want to improve this. So luckily I actually had a production the very next week um, and I invited my team on stage and they were beaming. And afterwards they came up and said, oh, thanks, you know, that was great. That was really lovely that you brought us on stage. So they felt heard. So recognition can come in multiple ways. So that was one example where even I to this day am always learning and growing. It sounds so simple, but that one simple act of having the teachers come on stage for their round of applause was enough for them to feel that that positive recognition. Um, another way is through job title. So um, some people really find it very important about what they're called within an organisation. Not kidding. You may think it's no big deal, but if you've got like, I'm just going back to this jazz um, example again, jazz teacher. <laughs> if you've got a jazz teacher and you just call them jazz teacher, then they're not going to feel as special, <laughs> special if like then if they were called, I don't know, director of jazz or um, leader of jazz department or whatever, jazz hands rock star, like whatever, right? That giving them a job title is so important. If they are, if they do all of your choreography for competition, list it on the website and let them know that you've, you've updated their role. Let them know, oh yeah, I've actually popped it up on the website that you're our competition choreographer, you know, in-house choreographer or whatever. You want to make sure that that's put on your programs. It's on your website. You're bringing them onto stage. You're announcing them. Welcome to the stage, our coaches or our teachers. You know, Joe Blow, our executive, um, our executive jazz choreographer. Those sorts of titles will actually give them a buzz. So recognition. Also, recognition can be done through gifting. So get, look, honestly, gifts is not my love language. It really isn't. But for some people, it truly is. To me, it's not a big deal. If I receive a gift, I appreciate it. I like it, but it doesn't excite me, um, whereas some people love gifts. So giving them a gift can also be recognition. Like, you know, it could be um, at the end of the year, it could be Christmas, birthdays, giving them a birthday shout-out even just within your community, um, things like that. So you want to make sure that you're doing that for them and really giving them those moments to shine. Okay, so that's number three. Number four, compensation and benefits. Ooh, <laughs> I do this. Look, it can be simple. You know, you got to treat them well. So it could be like we talked about um, birthday as a recognition, but it's also a benefit. You might say that they get a birthday um, bonus or team dinners, or you might, you should definitely pay for training. Guys, training days should be a paid experience. Okay. Show days, 
should be paid at their rates. I know some people give flat day rates. We used to do that, but not anymore. And you can't really, you can't have staff volunteering. Um, you know, a lot of that has changed. And that was back in the day when we had contractors, but now we employ employees. So it is a little different. If you have employees, you've just got to pay them for the whole day. If you have contractors, you I mean, I dare say you can probably negotiate that, but you should just pay them their rates, yeah? Um, show days, you should feed them. If they're at a training day for eight hours or they're on site for eight hours, feed them, you know, treat them well, um, things like that. It could be for travel and accommodation. So if, you know, like, for example, I talked about the Junior Theatre Festival in Newcastle that's happening this October, um, <clears throat> I am you know, paying for travel and accommodation and all that sort of stuff to the staff that have been invited to that event. If they have to travel over an hour to be on site, and this is this is very important for regional. So if you're from a regional um, town, then and you've you've got to hire someone outside of your town, you have to pay them for that travel. If that was all that was required, like let's say you had to hire someone 90 minutes, two hours away from where you are. If you pay them for that, then that's just part of their rate. And then it won't be as big a deal because you can hire people outside of your town. You need to pay them for travel. You need to consider that in the budget. You must. It's like you're never going to get anyone otherwise. And if you do that, like we had someone from Wollongong in our team do one of our shows in Sydney. Um, she's a, one of our virtual singing coaches, but we needed extra team for show week in Sydney. So we got her down. Um, I, you know, we have to pay for accommodation because it's out of town. Like it would have been two hours to drive back to her home in the middle of the night. So providing those per diems, you know, is really important. And again, that's a benefit as well. Like you can give little bonuses, but you definitely have to compensate them. You have to compensate them. Yeah. Also, I do want to just add that on that note that do be open to online when things go wrong. And I know it's the dirty Z, oh, it's the dirty Z word. The dirty Z word no one wants to speak of ever again since COVID as a studio owner. And that is Zoom. Do, 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 do. Zoom can be your best friend even still. And I know some of you are cringing going, oh, eh, no, don't want to do it. Guess what? If you are in a remote town and you have something go wrong with one of your coaches that calls in sick and there's no one to do it, it can be run online by someone else anywhere. Like do a replacement Zoom. That just happened to us today. We've got a coach calling in sick. We have a cover teacher going in from our team um, taking the class, but the second class is a jazz class and we're looking at running it in studio via Zoom on a laptop with a supervisor. Like whatever, make it work. You know, stuff happens. It happens. So be open to going online when it goes wrong. Okay. That was just a side note, everyone. And as you know, I sometimes give side notes. Just can't help myself. Okay. Number five from the key motivators is culture. Now it's interesting. I just employed a new customer experience manager this week. And the first training I give is culture training. So we do a one hour zoom call and we go over what I call my immutable laws, which is our core 
values. This is the first thing before she even looks at an email, picks up the phone, speaks to anyone from our team. The first thing is what is our core value? What are our core values? Because this is the commencement of our culture. And I have it on a PDF document. I email it to them. I make, I, I ask them to please print them and have it available and in sight every time they're working on their desk, in the studio, wherever, at home. It should be something that they refer to. And on that list, I have seven key points. And these are all things that, you know, are just within my own value system. These are things that I've developed over time. We never used to have any of this. When I first started my studio, I don't know, seven years ago now, something like that, um, we actually just sort of evolved naturally. And what happened was we ended up with toxicity amongst the team and clients. And it took me a while to realize that the only way I was going to create a business and a place that I was truly aligned with was through intentional action on improving culture. And so how do I do that? I train it. I let people know within our staff, we have rules, we have guidelines, we have values. Um, we make sure that everyone is on the same page and we do not tolerate toxicity. Actually, one of my core values and immutable laws is no toxic people allowed. Being nasty and a negative Nancy is not something that is acceptable and we just simply won't tolerate it within our studio, within our business, okay? So we can't accept toxicity amongst our clients, our vendors or our employees and, you know, we will never behave in a toxic manner because life is too short. So this is one of the messages that I actually share with my team and it can sound really full on when you hire someone, but I let them know that because I tell them that toxicity comes from people um, not just talking about clients and stuff or clients themselves, but actually you talking about each other like we just need to create a positive space. So there's a flip side to culture. So there's protecting the culture and that's why I have a training and core value system. But then there's the flip side of that and actually just making it super awesome and fun, right? What creates better culture than having a fun vibe? We have fun. Like I take them out to see shows. Or we do Christmas parties. Um, whenever we meet in Zoom calls, it's relaxed, like team meetings on Zoom. We relax. We see how everyone is, how you're going, checking in, you know, having a laugh. It can't just be serious black and white all the time. There's got to be fun, you know, especially in a performing arts environment where predominantly you may be hiring lots of young people. Now, don't think, I, I love it when people say, oh my gosh, it's because I can't find good staff because I'm hiring young people and those bloody millennials. <laughs> you can't just blame millennials. It's the way of the future. Like, I mean, I'm on the cusp of millennial, but anyway, um, but I'm not really, but I kind of am. So, <laughs> so I'm like woke and all that stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like, 
Millennials are awesome. You've just got to understand them a little bit and you can't blame the millennials for all of the failures of your hiring, okay? Here's the thing. Um, They've got a lot to offer as well. So you just got to be open to it. If you are predominantly hiring young people, then make it desirable for them to work with you. Make it fun. Buy show tickets. Do stuff. Have parties. Make it, you know, relaxed. I don't know, wear a funny hat day on Zoom, like whatever. You get the point. Like just have a laugh, you know. Um, But culture is really important and creating a positive environment, training your team on what's acceptable and what's not within your team culture, presenting those core values that align with you because at the end of the day it's your business, not tolerating anything that really doesn't fall within your culture and your core values and creating fun and an atmosphere that is enjoyable, a positive workspace. So those are the five key motivators um, that I wanted to share with you today so that you can, you know, improve your, your rate when it comes to prospective employees of actually getting them on board and once they're on board, for them to stay with you for longer because employing staff is tough. So just to go through those key motivators again, number one, provide meaningful and challenging work. Number two, improve employees' lives. Remember, when you treat them well, that onflows to their home, to their children, to their life, and that is really powerful. Number three, recognition, yeah? Number four, compensation and benefits. And number five, culture. So not going to lie, employing people is really hard these days. Like I said, I had to employ remotely. So so being open-minded, I had to employ remotely for my administration role. Usually I only employ locally. That just didn't happen for me this time. The best candidate was in Queensland, (laughs) And I'm in Sydney, like there's a lot of people. It just didn't work out. So, you know, and I'm sure the Queensland is listening going, of course, yes, best candidate was in Queensland. In the Whit Sundays, mind you, I didn't even know people lived there. I thought that was just an amazing holiday place. So there you go, eyes are wide open. Um, so, yeah, so that that's something that I've now done. I cast the net wider. Um, if it come, When it comes to teachers, it may be that if you want to get a good teacher and they live a bit far away, you have to pay them a travel fee. And then it's not going to be, and then they'll consider that as part of their work. You know, you might have to pay for fuel costs, whatever. You've got to pay for it. Um, so just being open to that. And also being open to that dirty Z word, Zoom, when things go wrong and you have to do a replacement class, just jump on Zoom if you have to. Just get it done. Like don't don't make it harder than it has to be. You know, put that in your terms and conditions that replacement classes can be done via Zoom. It's okay. Yeah. Um, just also that recognition piece that I mentioned before about the team actually coming to me about that. I was really, and I know this is that, that actually screams beautiful culture because they felt safe and comfortable enough because I've told them if they ever have an issue, this is in my toxicity piece. If they ever have an issue with me, please feel that I can be approached. But if they can't approach me because they feel nervous about that, I actually say that they are welcome to contact someone else from our office. Um, and I give them their name and contact number and they're, and please to discuss it with them so they can talk to me as a mediator. I always say that I want people to feel comfortable. So 
the fact that they came to me and had that conversation respectfully, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm so good with that. I was happy to say, you know what? You're absolutely right. We should be giving you recognition. Absolutely. Because they deserve it. It's not just because they want it. It's because they deserve it. And, you know, since COVID, I guess I'd just forgotten that that was something that was important. And so, you know, even as in, as business owners, we don't always get it right. We have to be reminded. That's okay. That's cool. You know, we don't have to pretend to be perfect. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's, that's it. That's what I got for you today. Um, now, remember, before I go, Talent Manager Bootcamp, I do want to mention this because um, – this is, you know, this is an excitement piece within itself. If people know that you're associated to providing um, artists with professional work in film, television, commercial theatre, etc., they're going to be attracted to your business because that's exciting. Yeah, if you're creating an exciting environment where people are working professionally in your space, then that in itself is going to be a key motivator to have um, really great staff come on board with you, right? So Talent Manager Bootcamp, doors are opening this September 13th. I urge you to jump on the wait list. If you've even just had an inkling, even a little bit of a thought, do it because you won't regret it. And at least just get the information. That's all the wait list is. It's about receiving the information so that you can be geared to make a decision when the time comes. Yeah, so you don't miss the um, notification that says, hey, doors are open, and then we give you some more information on it. So if you want to go from talent, um, if you want to go from studio owner to talent manager and do this, go to josephinelandcuba.com forward slash TMB, and that's TMB, short for Talent Manager Bootcamp. Um, and again, link is in the show notes. Thank you, everyone, and I hope to see you again next week. Yeah. And feel free, guys. And I say this really openly and honestly, feel free to DM me on Instagram. I am so up for it. Like I love connecting with people and I will 100% respond to you. Um, so, and I say this truthfully, like DM me, if you're having challenges with hiring people or anything like that, you know, chat to me. And, and again, you know, it's, I'm, I'm just here for it. I'm, I'm loving this connection. And that's why I have this podcast. It's been a beautiful space to connect with other like-minded people like yourself. So yeah, feel free to message me on Instagram. You can find me at Josephine Lane Cuba. Um, and if you don't ask by my name, just like check it out in the, in the show notes and things. Cause <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard once you know. It's really funny. People always struggle with Lan Cuba, but it's just Lan, as in L A N, Lan Cuba, like the country, C U B A. It's actually really easy, but people overthink it all the time. <sighs> hey, better than my maiden name, Polistana. Better than that. I prefer this one. This is my married name. I actually jumped on it. As soon as I got married, I was like changing my name immediately. I never, never really felt connected to my maiden name. So, um, yeah, anyway, that's another story. Gosh, I just keep talking, don't I? <laughs> anyway, guys, jump on the wait list for Talent Manager Bootcamp and I'll see you on the show next week. And, again, if you want to DM me on socials, I'm there for it. Have a beautiful week. Bye. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com. 
and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World. And you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuber.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.